Hello, friends. Welcome to the next episode of the Pacers Pod. Recording this one on Monday, June 19th at about 9 p.m. Northern Indiana time. Uh, Three days away from the draft coming up on Thursday. And this, I've been, I've been sitting on this episode for a while, um, just trying to figure out what to, how to tackle it. Because to me right now, this feels like um, one of the most uncertain times that I can remember you know, following the Pacers as closely as I've been the last, you know, four or five years. Uh, just like, it's it's crazy what what could happen. Like, all the different paths that, that, that may end up, uh, you know, that we might end up taking. And it all starts on Thursday with the draft and, and potential trades. There's There's just been so many, there just seems like there's so many possibilities that, um, you know, that the general manager and um, just that that the Pacers could take um, going into next season and then also, you know, looking ahead past next season. Like, you know, there's like, so it's just kind of hard to wrap your head around um, what, what the Pacers might end up doing. Because there's so many rumors out there, there's so so many different directions that the team could take. Like, there's rumors that the Pacers they may they may try to trade up into the, the top, you know, to get like a, a second or third pick of the draft. There's rumors that the Pacers might trade out; they might not take the seventh pick. Um, so it's just like, oh man, like what like what are we gonna do? What like what's gonna happen? So it's just really hard right now to. Um, just kind of be patient and, and wait and see what Kevin Pritchard and, um, you know, the, the staff decide to do as far as roster moves. And so that's, I guess that's, what's been challenging for me putting like, you know, getting a, getting a podcast out there is just like, uh, there's just feels like there's so many different directions that this thing might go. So it's hard to really, uh, I guess, kind of like land on something somewhat solid enough to, to talk about. But so I, I the, what I was thinking about was just, you know, what what to me, what's the biggest question right now uh, as a fan? And, and it's simply, you know, what does this roster look like going into next year? Is it is it a roster? Are the Pacers super aggressive over, you know, the trade deadline and free or, you know, like over the draft and, and free agency or making trades this summer? Are they super aggressive and really shift up, like, you know, really change the, this this roster, shake up, shake it up a lot? Are they more conservative and maybe we just end up taking, you know, maybe we t- we make the seventh pick and we. Uh, you know, maybe don't bring in anybody that's really going to, you know, land right in the starting lineup. Uh, but so I, I guess what the way I'm going to start this is basically just like if 
entering this season, you know, if I were in the Pacers front office, like what would I be thinking about? And it's like, these are this, this is kind of the things that I think we know. And then there are some things that we don't know when you look at the current roster, when you think about last season, um, because frankly, we're bringing uh, most of the team is coming back next year unless they get traded away. And I like I like I don't I don't think the book has been closed on anybody's career. We got a lot of guys that are just kind of borderline between like a role player type uh not quite out of the league yet, guys, but like, you know, a lot of guys under 25, it was a young team. There's a lot of guys that still have, you know, the, the, probably the, the best part of their careers ahead of them still. So, you know, there's a lot of things that we don't know, but what I think that we do know after last season, if, if, so if, if you're going in, I would be thinking, okay, number one, We've got Tyrese Halliburton, and we've got we've got a franchise foundational piece. The Pacers are certainly, you know, they they've been treating Tyrese like a foundational piece all through the season, this past season. And from things that I've seen, it sounds like Tyrese has been very involved in uh, like the draft workouts where they bring guys in leading up to this draft and. Uh, Tyrese has a voice for sure within the organization. And I think that that's super smart uh, for the Pacers to do, to have his buy-in as to what they do. Um, And with Tyrese, he, you know, he's 23 years old. He made his first uh, all-star game last season. He's got all NBA potential, no question about it. Um, He's, he's a number one option. He's, he's somebody that you can, you, it's like, all right, we're definitely, we got Tyrese. We can build on this. Um, come July 1st, he's eligible for his rookie extension or essentially like his second contract. It seems like, you know, he's, he's going he's gonna to get the max amount of money for the max amount of years. I would assume the Pacers just sign him up on that right from the, right from the start. Um, so he's here. This is Tyrese's team. This is, this is his, this is his city in a way, you know, like, uh, we want him for the next 10 years to be, to be the face of this franchise. And, um, I was thinking back to going into last season. I had, I was, I did like a little point guard ranking. Cause I was curious, like, you know, where would, where did Tyrese kind of slide in uh, amongst all the other point guards in the league going into last season? And I was high on Tyrese, um, but he going into this season, he had a, he still had a lot to, to prove. I mean, the potential was there. You know, you could definitely tell that he was going to be a really good player. But, you know, he wasn't average in 20 and 10 last year like he did this year. Um, so going into last season, I had... Halliburton in that like 14 to 18 range as a point guard. Um, I had him in the class of like Cade Cunningham, LaMelo Ball, Darius Garland, Tyrese Maxey, uh, and Josh Giddy. Kind of guys that are his around his age, guys that had 
Um, you know, frankly, there's a lot to be excited about all of those guys. And Tyrese just, you know, he took a huge step in his third season last year with the Pacers. And so, you know, we know that he's a foundational piece. And going into next year, it's like, I now I have, I, I would rank Tyrese Halliburton somewhere between, you know, maybe six and eight. And the guys that I would have in front of him just for next season alone, you got to just put Steph Curry, Luca, Damian Lillard, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Ja Morant. Um, and then, you know, you got Jamal Murray, maybe De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton. That's eight right there. I think, I think he's comfortably ahead of the guys that I had him with last year. Now, Cade, uh, Cunningham, and LaMelo Ball, they missed a lot of time last year. So there's, they're still out there as potential guys that, uh, you know, you can't just write them off as, as for sure, you know, being underneath Tyrese Halliburton. But I, I would certainly take Tyrese over those two guys, you know, a uh, hundred times out of a hundred times. I, uh, Tyrese is, Tyrese is, pro- this last season, he proved he's, he's very, very special. And there's not many guys that you would want to take ahead of him, you know, when you look out five years from now. And so we're very fortunate to have him. And that's what we know. We know we have Halliburton. And come July 1st, we know we're going to lock him down for another five years. And uh, it's time It's time to build uh, with him. And, uh, you know, I mentioned that he's been, you know, he's involved heavily with, like, the organizational decisions. Um, I saw something a couple days ago with just, like, voluntary workouts that are going on for the Pacers. And Halliburton's there. Matherin is there. Nimhart is there. Isaiah Jackson, Jalen Smith, Jordan Wara, Kendall Brown, Daniel Tice. These are guys I saw pictured, you know, in the middle of June. They're in Indianapolis at the practice facility. Um, I think that shows a lot about, you know, outside of Daniel Tice, these are all young guys um, outside of Halliburton. And, you know, Matherin and Nimhard obviously have made a name for themselves after their rookie seasons. But Isaiah Jackson, Jalen Smith, Jordan Wara, Kendall Brown, these are guys that they, they're trying to make a, make a home, you know. And I, I think it's great that they're there um, at these workouts. And um, I think a lot – and that, that Tyrese is there, you know. He's there. He, and he's, he's there in Indianapolis. Um, it just feels like – it feels like the it feels like he's the real deal, and uh, that's something that we are you know we we're we're super blessed to have a point guard with this amount of potential, and that has that carries himself the way that Tyrese does, and he's the leader that that the type of leader that Tyrese is. Um, so we know we've got Halliburton. It's like okay, for sure we know we've got Halliburton. Point guard is set. Not only is he a really good point guard. I actually prefer the way that he plays point guard more so than somebody that's, you know, arguably better than Tyrese, but like a guy like John Morant or a guy like Damian Lillard, who's going to go out and get you 30 a night. But like, I would prefer a point guard to do 20 and 10 rather than 30 
and five. Like, just because of the, the juju of the team when you have a point guard that's, that plays the way that Tyrese does. And, um, yeah, so it's like Tyrese, we got Tyrese. We know that. What are we going to do next? Well, I think some things we also know about this current roster, and it all, as soon as I start talking about this, it starts to get a little confusing because it's like, well, what direction are we going? Because the second thing that we know is we know that we have Miles Turner as our starting center, who is an above average, definitely above average, probably right around like a top 10 center in the NBA. He fits with Tyrese Halliburton a lot. I mean, he's a He's a big man that blocks shots and shoots the three. Um, and just like miles by, like he, like by miles away, he had his best season last year with playing alongside Tyrese. And frankly, Turner was awesome last year. And we got him on a con, we extended this, or, you know, we, we gave him a new contract. We got him for the next two years for sure. Miles is entering his, like he is right in the middle of his prime of his career. So he is like, Miles Turner is ready to go. If we're going to go, if we're ready to go to the playoffs, Miles Turner is all set. Like, we know that. We've got a starting center. Granted, if he can stay healthy, which, you know, he has, like last year he sat towards the end of the year, but we didn't have any major injuries. Um, and he was pretty reliable last year. You can live with that moving in, moving on into the next up couple, next couple of years. But it's just hard to say because with all these rumors going around of, of potential moves that the Pacers might make, it's like, well, is, you know, Miles Turner as valuable as he is to this team right now if we're going to try to make the playoffs? He's also somebody that's very valuable to a lot of other teams and other teams that are ready to make runs at the title. Or, you know what I mean? So it's like, we, we know we have Miles Turner, and we know that he is a very, very good starting center to pair with Tyrese Halliburton. The problem is, he's not quite, like, he's not, um, I mean, I'm trying to even think of a center that you could compare this to, but like a number two option, it's like, it's a little weak. Like, Miles, Miles brings a lot to the team, and a lot to uh, winning games. He's, he's very, very good. But if you got Tyrese at number one, we're not, I don't think we're quite, like, it doesn't feel great saying like Miles Turner is our second best player, even though going into next year, he probably is, um, at least value wise, like he probably, he probably is our second best player, uh, um, you know, but we know that we, we know that we got Miles on a good contract. He's going into the prime of his career. Other things we know. We got Buddy Heald and TJ McConnell. Buddy's, Buddy's 30 years old. McConnell's 31. Both of these guys are coming off career years. They are win-now players. They are, you know, great voices in the locker room. And just like, it sounds like Buddy Heald lives in the gym. TJ McConnell, you know, I've never heard anything bad about the guy. Like, it just seems like Buddy Heald and TJ McConnell are win-now players the Pacers are going to make a playoff push. It feels like those are two guys on this team currently that could really help us 
play, it, you know, during the regular season, winning a bunch of games, and then also contributing in the playoffs. I, I see both of those guys being able to do that. And just the value that they bring to the locker room and uh, just the, the, the vibes of the team, they, 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 they pair very nicely with, with Halliburton. Um, and so we know we've got those two guys. So those, those are like our, those are our vets, right? Like Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, TJ McConnell, all three career years last year. Going into this season, it feels like they all, all three of those years feel like they could be replicated. It didn't feel like a fluke for any one of those guys. You could even say that you could see them getting a little bit better outside of maybe Buddy Heald, um, only because what we don't know, which I'll get to in just a second, is, you know, Buddy's role. What is Buddy's role going to be on this team? And maybe maybe he takes a step back as far as the number of minutes that he gets to play, and maybe Buddy doesn't start. But maybe he does. I, I, don't, I really don't know. Buddy Heald is such a wild card for me. Um, based like it's, 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 it, To me, it seems like I have no idea what's going to happen with Buddy Heald next year. Like, I could see him getting traded. I could see him staying in the starting lineup. I could see him moving to the, to the bench and being like a sixth man. I mean, it's, it's well, you know, it's kind of well known, the relationship that Buddy and Tyrese have. And so I think that does mean something, but I don't know how much it means. I don't know if it, if it means enough where you can't get rid of the guy. Um, and frankly, I don't know if I want to get rid of Buddy Heald. Like, Buddy Heald is freaking awesome. Like, he's, I mean, he's just an insane three-point shooter. Um, and, and the stuff that he brings in the locker room, it's just one of those things where How, how does he fit on, on this team? And, and what direction are we really going to go? It just, it really feels like there's just a million different ways that this, this thing could play out. And uh, so, yeah, I, but, but for now, what we do know going into next year is like, we've got Buddy, we've got TJ McConnell, and both of those guys are ready to win. So maybe, maybe what the Pacers do is they end up just, you know, bringing in, bringing in another guy, um, like, well, let me save that for a second. Another thing that we know is Aaron Neesmith, who is 23 years old. I, I think, you know, he started for the, the Pacers a lot of the season last year. And to me, he's shown that he, he, he can be a guy that's ready to play, like, um, in the playoffs. Like, I think, I think Neesmith is best suited next season for a top seven or eight rotational spot. A guy that you play every every single night, and then even it come the playoffs, you got Neesmith, um, ideally coming off the bench is what I would imagine. Um, and so there, right there, uh, that's five players that I think we know what what they are. In in a sense, there's still I mean Neesmith is young enough that he could still surprise us a little bit, but at the same time. He had a really big role last year, probably a little bit bigger than what you would want. Um, and, I mean, he was impressive. However, he to me, I feel like Neesmith is, is probably best coming off the bench and then being a, being a guy that you can throw into starting lineup, you know, if you've got some injuries, which you always do during a season. He'll be ready to play big minutes during the regular season. 
And then come playoff time, like he's a guy that you can count on to 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 come off the bench. And, and really, Neesmith could play, you know, two, three, four for you. Um. So yeah, so like I'm thinking, all right, these are, this this is what we know about those guys. But then here's the things that we don't know. Like we don't know yet what Benedict Matherin is going to be. We don't know is Benedict Matherin. Um, he, I mean. I would say he had a an A minus rookie season, like come like coming into the year. You drafted Matherin with the sixth pick last year because you know of his offensive ability, and there's nothing like he 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 hit a home run with that. Like his ability to get to the free throw line, his ability to to drive the ball and finish in the paint. Um, he had moments where you could really see he's a, he's a really good shooter as well. Um, he's 21 years old. I just turned 21. Um, is is Benedict Matherin? What we don't know yet, though, is like, and and we're gonna we're gonna know more as next season goes along, and 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 seasons after that. But like, is he a future All Star, All NBA type player? Is he the guy that can be? the number two or number one option on this team. Offensively, defensively, how does he improve in this second year? We just don't know yet. And that's what's, it. we just don't know for sure. I mean, I think that we are counting on that, but it's like with these different, there's just like, I got this feeling that like maybe the Pacers as an organization are really trying to make a push for the playoffs next year. And it feels like that's a little, um, maybe like a little fast for Benedict Matherin as your starting shooting guard or starting small forward. Not that he's not good enough to do that, but just that he's maybe just not, like we just need to see a little bit more. I want to see, I want to see the improvement that he can make in his second year compared to his first year to really start to form a better opinion or better um, you know, be able to kind of analyze his game and and figure out is this guy somebody that we can we can count, we can like bring him down into that foundational layer with Tyrese Halliburton. Because there's a chance that he's not, and you hate to just kind of move forward assuming that he is, and if he's not, you know, what do you do then? But if you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm I'm Team Matherin 100% of the way, and I, I definitely am holding a lot of Benedict Matherin stock and believe that he can be an, an all-star, all-NBA-type player. That's the kind of hope that I'm holding on to for Matherin, and I cannot wait to see him play next year and, I, and, and to see him in the starting lineup and to see the way that he improves. I mean some like the thing like three things that I'm looking to see from Matherin going into next next season like improvements number one is can he make an impact on the defensive end there's a lot of talk about Matherin being a two-way player wanting to be the best like wanting to be the best two-way player um I want to see signs of that see him you know be better on the defensive end I want to see him 
be uh, like I, I put down here like team chemistry. So just be a be a teammate. He doesn't have to be a different person than who he is. It's just be a guy that's lifting other guys up as well. And look, and, and I think that also goes with like it's the way that you play the game as well. So a little bit improvement on his playmaking ability. I would like. It's not just about having better assist numbers, but I think that the assist numbers will go up if Benedict is playing the way that's going to be best for the team moving forward. So just just being able to, you know, because he like he can he can get the ball to the hoop. Um, but just being a little bit better of a playmaker next year, along with better defense, and then just seeing this, the efficiency numbers on the offensive end just tick up a little bit, just head in the right direction. And I don't need to see nothing crazy. He doesn't need to go out there and shoot 40% from the three-point line. But just get, him, get the efficiency up a little bit and keep shooting and keep, being, keep playing basketball like you're the number one option. Um, and, and, and honestly, I just can't wait to see Benedict and Tyrese take off. I, I want to, that's the thing that I've, I've, and I mentioned this before on the podcast, but just like, I want to like, that was the, like, one of the biggest disappointments of last season for me was just, I didn't feel like those two ever really clicked. So, uh, if, if Matherin does indeed get a starting spot next year, he's got to click him and Halliburton got to click and we got to see that. Um, we got to see that moving forward. Uh, oh, this is something that I thought was interesting. I saw this on, um, I think it was Twitter. Um, but there was a, it was James Johnson said, you know, basically that it looks like, like Matherin's getting taller. And, uh, I would just, that would be amazing. Cause last, like he, I think he's listed at six, five, but if he's actually growing, um, it just goes to show like that's just that's just um, kind of like extra ammunition for him to be able to really take off his second year in the league. I mean, a little bit of height never hurt nobody. Um, but I, for me, I'm penciling him in as the starting shooting guard or starting small forward on this team moving forward. No matter what other moves the Pacers make. I'm still penciling in Benedict Matherin as our starting two or three as we move into a contending team. But we just don't know for sure yet if, 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 that's, if that's his route. You know, there's, 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 there's still a lot to be seen um, with Matherin um, moving forward. So let's see. Next is, is uh, something we, some other thing we don't know. We know a lot about and- Andrew Nimhard, but I don't think we know for sure that he is a starter on the best version of, of this team. And I, when I say best version of this team, I just mean like assuming that we're going to put together a team that's ready to, ready to kind of like contend uh, to win a couple rounds in the playoffs, to, to potentially contend for a championship in the next two, three, four years. Is Andrew Nimhard, it, it, is him as a starter, is that the best version of this team? It very might, it, like it, it very possibly could be that he is. It, it's like he is a defensive stopper. 
he he pairs super nice in the backcourt with Tyrese Halliburton, being able to take that defensive pressure off of Tyrese, being able to be the kind of connector, playmaker on offense, glue guy that Nimhart is. He just he fits very nicely in the backcourt with Tyrese, taking the best, you know, guard assignment. Um and he's really a positive offensive player as well. He's just a really solid player. But, and this is something that I just have concerns with, like imagining the Pacers as a contending team. <laughs> I just have concerns with a back, like a, a one, two, three of Halliburton, Nimhard, and Matherin at this point in, you know, at, on June 19th, 2023. I, and a concern might not even be the right word. I, I have hope that those three, like I love, those are my, there's no question about it. Those are the three favorite players on the team. Um, I hope that those three could all start and they could all three be major pieces on a contending team that they can elevate their games to that level. But there's just a lot of unknown with Nimhard and Matherin and when you combine the two and you're looking at a starting lineup for the Pacers, it's just like, I don't know if, 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 if that's going to be good enough. Uh, but that's no shade on Andrew Nimhard. I love Andrew Nimhard. Um, but I just wonder if, if, if this Pacers team as a contender looks a lot stronger if Nimhard is maybe coming off the bench and running that second unit. And no question about it, he's a playoff rotational piece. But... Is he a starter? I don't know. It just feels like it might be a little weak. Um, but maybe not. And, and I hope it's not because I really do like Andrew Nimhard. And I love Benedict Matherin. And I love Tyrese Halliburton. And I hope that that could be our one, two, three moving forward. But we'll just have to see. And I just think that's what the whole point of this is like. I want to see another year of these guys. Like what, what do they, you know, if you go back a year ago, we were super high on Chris Duarte. We were super high on Isaiah Jackson, who were those rookies, you know, after their rookie years. And that second year, it kind of plateaued or unfortunately for Duarte, it kind of fell off a little bit. Um, so you, you don't want, you can't just assume that guys are just going to keep getting better even though you would you would hope that that's the case, um, but yeah. So uh, let's see here. Let's see. Another thing that we don't know is I've got four four players here, and I don't know what role, if any role, any of these guys have on our team. If we make the playoffs next year. Are any of these players getting any minutes? And at number one, I've got Isaiah Jackson, 21 years old, entering the third year of his career. I'm still really excited about Isaiah Jackson. I want to see Isaiah Jackson another year for sure. However, I'm not ready to pencil him into the playoffs. Doesn't feel like that's, that's necessarily a good thing. Uh, number two, Jordan Wara at 24 years of age, it, you know, uh, is, is he a guy that that's playing in the playoffs if, if we make it next year? 
Chris Duarte, 26. Jalen Smith, 23. Those four guys to me are like, I see a world where all four of those guys could be potential playoff players, but I don't feel good about saying any one of them are playoff players at this point. Um, and so that's why it feels like another year to see what we actually have with those guys would be very beneficial. So you would actually feel good about, you know, either saying no, they're not, or yes, they are. So I think, you know, basically just going into the draft and free agency and trades, it's just, I, I feel like we don't know enough about our current team um, to make finishing touches type moves this offseason. Um, and what I mean by that is like, we have a ton of cap space. We have all of our draft picks. We have a lot of flexibility to add talent and, you know, add talent to the team. But it's hard because I don't really know exactly what we, what we need yet. And I, I would be totally fine if the Pacers were to add, like via the draft or free agency or trade, anybody that plays the positions of the four guys that I just talked about, like Isaiah Jackson, Jordan Wara, Chris Duarte, Jalen Smith. Like, I'm not saying like we need to make sure that those guys get playing time next year so we know what we have in them. I just mean, I don't think we know it. Like, we're not like a Harrison Barnes signing or Kyle Kuzma signing away from being like a good team. I don't believe so yet. So my point is, I, I just think, I think that we, I definitely want to see the Pacers make some moves, like be opportunistically, like be opportunistic about what's out there and what you can get and, and, and take some swings. But at the same time, don't rush it. Don't, don't try to, don't try to make this team a second round playoff team next year at the expense of losing all of our flexibility moving forward. That's the thing. It's like, get better, take chances. If you can move up in the draft and, and get Brandon Miller, if you can trade the seventh pick and get OG Ananobi or Jonathan Kaminga, uh, do it. And I'm good with that, like for sure. Add talent to this team. I just don't want to see us give away everything yet because I just we don't know we don't know we don't know what Matherin is going to be and we don't know what Nimhard is going to be for sure you know and um but at the same time I don't know I, I'm not running the team I'm ex I'm just really ex it's just like I'm really excited to see what happens um and 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 maybe maybe the Pacers just kind of sit on their hands and take it slow again and say hey yeah, we want to make the playoffs. And Tyrese, you know, it's like, uh, what was it? I know I know. it's like Halliburton is saying like he wants to make the playoffs next year. And I want the Pacers to make the playoffs as well. But if, if, if like, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, 
after another year of Matherin and Nimhard, I think we're going to have a better feel for, like, no, here's what I'm trying to say. It's like, let's make the playoffs without, without exhausting all of our ammunition that we have to make a, an Eastern Conference Finals. You know what I mean? Like, I want to see this team save some of those draft picks for when we know exactly what we need to go get. And not like we could go a hundred different directions because that's exactly how it feels right now. We could go a hundred different directions. It's like okay, well let's let's certainly narrow that down to like five directions, if we can, and and go get talent if you can get it. Um, but just don't think that this is the off season to 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 make the team how it's going to be for the next five years as a as a title contender. I just don't think that's possible yet. Um, however, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just really, I, I'm just a fan. I'm just excited to see what they end up doing. Um, there are some, like I met, okay, I, I just mentioned a couple of those guys. Like there are tons of rumors out there. There's rumors that the Pacers might trade up, might trade down in the draft. They might trade out of the draft. Odds are maybe they even just stay put with the seventh pick. And so this is like last, like last season I was all in on the draft pick. We were, we had the sixth pick and I was locked in on who I wanted the Pacers to take with that sixth pick. I wanted Matherin. He was there and that's who the Pacers took. Um, this year it just, it's just been different. It's like, I think, I don't know if it's just all the rumors going on around the possibilities of the Pacers trading the draft pick. But if, if, if they end up just staying put at number seven, I would, I would be the most excited about Taylor Hendricks. If they could get him at number seven, I feel like that would show it, it to me, it would kind of, uh, how do I put this? It kind of keeps the expectations of next season kind of under like it kind of keeps the expectations a little tampered down if we were to draft Taylor Hendricks. You know, maybe they go make some other moves where those expectations get ratcheted up a little bit. But if the Pacers do no major moves, if OG Ananobi doesn't end up a Pacer, if, if they don't, um, I don't know what else there might be out there. But, you know, basically, if we just kind of roll over the same roster going into next season and we just make this draft pick and we get Taylor Hendricks, I feel like he's a guy that has, you know, you could slide him right in to the starting power forward position with our current roster. He's got great size. I love his, his, his offensive um, potential in the NBA, being able to shoot the ball. To me, just watching interviews, he seems like a great culture fit, a guy that's going to just kind of come in and just, I don't think Taylor Hendricks is going to come in and expect to be the leader of the team. I think he would just fall right in line with, with, with what we're doing. And I mean that as a compliment, not as a, as a, as like a diss, like he's got positional versatility. I, I you know, he's obviously, he, he's a perfect size wise power forward, but he could also, you know, maybe, maybe not next year or the following year, but just kind of down the line, he could probably play a little bit of center if you needed him to, to me, Taylor Hendricks has a high floor as a player. I think that there's no question about it. He can be a good rotational piece. Um, 
But at the same time, he's probably been, he, like next season, he's, not, he's probably not going to be ready to be playing in the playoffs. And so it's just hard to say because I don't know what direction this team's going to go. If, if we're pushing all in to, to, to go playoffs and, and beyond, you know, he might not be the right guy. But at the same time, I'm going to stick to this. In this lane here, I'm, it, I'm, I'm pretending that the Pacers are selecting with that seventh pick. My number one guy with the seventh pick would, would be Taylor Hendricks. Um, that's who I would be the most excited about. Secondly, if Taylor Hendricks is not available or they choose not to take him, I would be, I, I would get really excited about one of these three players. If we end up getting Cam Whitmore or, in, or Asar Thompson or Amen Thompson, um, that would be my next level of excitement. I, Fit-wise, there's questions for all three of those guys, but, but across the board, they're all freak athletes. They all have super high ceilings, potential. Um, I think all three of those guys, as draft picks, you could, you could, say, you could maybe see them as being all-stars one day. And um, I would be really excited if the Pacers were able to select one of those three guys as well. Um, it, 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 it would, it, it's kind of a little crowded with those three guys because they're all more, you don't feel great about Cam Whitmore or any of the, or either the Thompson twins being like a power forward. They're more like shooting guard, small forward, point guard type players, not like the Thompson twins, you know, maybe point guard. And we already obviously have Tyrese and, and, and Matherin and Nimhard. but you know, at this point in, in the Pacers rebuild, I don't think, uh, I would, I would not be upset if they, if they were able to, to select any one of those three guys, I'd be cool with that. And, and, and as much as I love Nimhard and, and even, and even Matherin, I think you have to include Matherin too, because he has, he has, he's got some areas that we, we need to see improvement in if he's going to be a starting player on this team. And I, and like I've said, I do believe that he can do that, but you know, he's got some holes in his game as of his rookie season, which is, which is uh, understandable. But I would be excited to see the Pacers select Cam uh, or either of the Thompson twins with that seventh pick. And then if, if, if those guys aren't available and, and Taylor Hendricks doesn't get selected and the Pacers end up grabbing Jairus Walker, um, I would be excited about Jairus Walker as well. Just not quite as much. He's, He's a little shorter. I look, you know, I was looking at the NBA combine measurements and, and Jairus Walker is two inches shorter than Taylor Hendricks. He's without shoes. Walker's like six foot six and change, but he's got a two inch His wingspan is two inches longer than Taylor Hendricks. So that's kind of freaky. If you think about it, like he's two inches shorter, but also has a two inch longer wingspan. Um, and he feels like, a really good fit for this current Pacers roster. Uh, a guy that has got a big body. And I think that pairs really nicely next to Miles Turner, just being able to have um, somebody that can help out on the defensive end, like really be a defensive uh, juggernaut down there alongside with Miles is really good at defense in what he does well, but he's never been a great rebounder. Um, and he does not hold up great against really physical big guys. And Jairus Walker is probably no, there's not. He's not probably. He would be the best um, 
fit next to Miles to help with big dudes. I've got questions about Jairus Walker on the offensive end. Um, but at the same time, if the Pacers stay put at seven and end up with Jairus Walker, I'm going to get excited about it. I'm going to be ready to go. Um, and then honorable mention is I just, I'm throwing in Grady Dick. I wouldn't want to see the Pacers take Grady Dick at seven. Just, just because, um, hold on, let me, let me back this up. I, I have him as an honorable mention candidate just because I'm very intrigued by Grady Dick and I'm, he just is, I feel like he's one of those guys that might be really, he might be really, really good. And he might be able to play like, the, he might be like a great small forward for the Pacers. And, but he doesn't address what we really need yet. So it's just kind of a tough fit uh, at this moment. However, I, I, I would be excited. Even if they did take him at seven, I, I would be excited about it. I, I would... I think I would actually be more excited about Grady Dick than I would be about Jairus Walker. Um, even though all the podcasts and stuff that I listen to, that sounds crazy. But I just think that, uh, you know, Grady Dick has a super high upside offensively. I would love to see how he could play with Tyrese Halliburton uh, and just his ability to space the floor. He kind of feels like a buddy heel type gravity guy from the perimeter. Um so I would be interested in that. I would also be interested if the if the Pacers were able to get Grady Dick later on in the draft. But uh, yeah, so that's that's what I'm thinking for this for the seventh pick. Ideally, Taylor Hendricks. But at the same time, I think my my preference would be to see the Pacers. I, th- I think I, I I'm so torn on this. I don't know. It's like, I, I think because I know Tyrese Halliburton wants to make the playoffs, like I want to make the playoffs now. So I feel like I'm, I'm rushing this a little bit more. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to go into next season and be like cool with, a, with, with getting another lottery pick or, you know, like a top, be, I don't want to be one of the, the worst seven or eight teams in the league next year. Um, just because I don't want. Like, I'm, I'm afraid, like, Tyrese Halliburton is going to be like, what is going on here? Like, we suck. We, we've sucked all three years I've been here. Uh, what's going on? Um, but at the same time, so, 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 like, I think my number one, I think that I, what I would like would be for the Pacers to trade that seventh pick. Let's just, I, ideally, to Toronto in exchange for OG Ananobi. And maybe we have to give up a future first-round pick or maybe even two future first-round picks or something like that. But if we bring in Ananobi and we say, if we basically just draw the line and say, like, instead of making the seventh pick, we're going to say, actually, our young guys are Benedict Matherin and, and Isaiah Jackson and to some degree Andrew Nemhard. Like that, like we're not going to, we're not bringing any more new guys. Uh, and instead we're, we're going to bring in Ananobi. Uh, I could get really excited about that. Um, and then we also have, you know, we have like the 26th, the 29th and the 32nd pick, and then also the 55th pick. And 
if this is one thing that I would really love to see as well. So let's just say the Pacers make two draft picks on Thursday. We get Taylor Hendricks or we don't. And, but we also package those later picks and we're able to move up into that 15 to 20 range of the first round. I would love, I, I'm, re, this, I'm, I'm really, really, ex- I would almost be more excited about either of these guys than Taylor Hendricks. If like, let's say we got OG and Anobi in place of that seventh pick. It's like, okay, great. I'm on board. We got one more pick. Let's call it the 17th pick or whatever. I'm just making it up. But if we're able to bring, if we're able to get Leonard Miller or Gigi Jackson, um, or even both of those guys, I would, I would be over the moon. I would love. I, I really, really want the Pacers to bring in one of those two guys, just off the the upside potential of those two guys. Both of those guys came in and worked out for the team. Um, I would, I would love. I don't even have a preference really on either one. I think Gigi Jackson feels like. He's got the highest upside, but maybe the lowest floor. And Leonard Miller, to me, feels more like he's going to find a way to be a rotational player. And he's got great size, great athlete. Um, Gigi Jackson just feels like a more like, oh, he might actually be like an all-star one day. O- offensive game. Um, you know, G- so I, I'm, I'm really, really interested in both of those players. I'd love to see the Pacers bring in one or two of those guys uh, going into next year. So I don't know. We'll just, we'll, we'll just have to see, you know, like if you look at the roster going into next season, if, if all we do is say we draft number seven and let's just call it 17, I'm just imagining that we were able to package those picks and move up in the draft. We don't make any major trades or sign any free agents. Um, you're looking at a roster with probably, you know, you got Tyrese, Andrew Nemhard, Benedict Matherin, Taylor Hendricks, and Miles Turner as your starting five. Then off the bench, you got Buddy Heald, Aaron Neesmith, TJ McConnell, Isaiah Jackson, and then let's just say, you know, either GG Jackson or Leonard Miller as like to round out your top 10. And then coming off the bench, or obviously we're already deep in the bench at, at, at roster position, like 11, 12 and 13, I've got Jordan Wara, Chris Duarte and, and Jalen Smith. And that's just the, all three of those guys I want to see get, I feel like they deserve to get a little bit of playing time, but at the same time, I wouldn't want to play those guys over anybody ahead of them at this point. So looking at that team it's exciting i would i definitely would want to root for that team going into next season it feels like the patient approach it's kind of that like yeah you know last year we realized that we were a little ahead of schedule because tyrese is that good but we're just going to continue to kind of sit back and and let this thing marinate for another year um i see that team you know as probably a play-in team. I, I don't think they're going to, they're that much. There's so many young guys like the Nimhard, Matherin, Taylor Hendricks in your starting lineup. That feels like that's too young. That's not quite ready to probably be a playoff team, but a lot of excitement. And we would get to see, we'd really get to see what we have with Nimhard and Matherin. And then it's like, well, if we're, and then it's, so it's like, if we're just going to make the play-in, We've got these win now guys with 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 Miles Turner and Buddy Heald and TJ McConnell. 
that are ready to contribute. Um, I, I don't know. It's like maybe we're, maybe we're better off, you know, really going young and, and seeing what other assets we could get for those guys. I don't know. Um, now, let's pretend instead of getting Taylor Hendricks, we trade that pick and we get OG and Anobi. Well, that starting lineup all of a sudden looks a lot better and there's a lot less questions because now you're really only questioning, you know, what what does Matherin look like? And, and, and with Matherin, I feel confident with him. So it's like we got Miles and OG, Benedict, Nimhard, Tyrese. That feels pretty good. It doesn't feel great. It doesn't feel great, but it feels pretty good. And then all of a sudden, now that bench unit with McConnell and Buddy and Aaron Neesmith, uh, that feels like a playoff team. It feels like a feisty one. Um, and given, like, you know, we'd have to see what kind of development we get out of those younger guys. That, that might be a team that could, that could make a, a small run. They're probably, they'd probably be like a, Best case scenario, like a fifth, sixth, seventh seed in the East. Um, so maybe we could win a round. I don't see them being like an Eastern Conference Finals type team. But if we're able to bring in OG and he can elevate our team uh, into the playoffs, so we start to get that playoff experience. And plus, we haven't and we didn't have to give up all of our future draft picks. It feels like, okay, we could run that back again and, uh, you know, know what we're missing, know what we need. Get in, really what we need is we need our younger guys to continue to develop into what we want them to be, you know, specifically Matherin and, and Nimhard. Well, really Matherin more than Nimhard. Nimhard's solid already. He may not need to be any more, anything more than what he was this past season, but hopefully he is, right? Um so I don't know. It's just one of those things where this this is just crazy, man. Like the the whole the whole direction of this franchise feels like it's up in the air. We've got I mean, just looking without making any moves. I mean, with with Jalen Smith being the 13th man on the depth chart, it's like we got a lot of guys that feel like they need to get some playing time. Um so it's time to you know, it's like I don't, I just don't know. I just don't know what to do. That's why this is so hard. I, I'm just, I spin, in, I spin around in circles thinking about this team moving forward. Um, so I'm, I'm ready for some, some clarity more than anything. I just want to, I want some clarity as to what, as what, as what, what we're doing so I can really sink my teeth into this, this roster and, and think about, you know, what, what are we going to do? So uh, yeah, may, may, may the God or gods be with us going into draft night and, and trades and, um, you know, with this whole organization as, as we, uh, it feels like, it feels like a big, feels like a big month for the Pacers here moving forward. So, uh, yes, that is, uh, that's the show. Appreciate you, uh, checking out the podcast. Um, yeah, I'm super excited to see what, what ends up happening if, if we make that pick, if we make some trades, and uh, we will uh, we'll be back to talk about it for sure. So thanks again. Peace and love, everybody.